Tuesdays, we get local. Starting at 730, it's our local news podcast, Down Ballot. And then we swing over to local love starting at 9 p.m. Tune in early to see what's going on during the day, then stay locked in to find out what's happening in local music and whose bands are hitting the venues for the week. It's a whole night of news and music right in San Jose's backyard, starting at 7.30 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Check out our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. At some point, we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
everybody. Welcome to Down Ballot. We usually do this show Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Pacific, but we're starting a half an hour early because we got kind of a lot to go over tonight. It looks like a bit of a long list. Thank you for putting this together, Councilman. I went to go check. I was like, oh, crap. I got to go over the ballot. Nope. Checked it, and the fucking paperwork was already in. Absolutely. We, we aim to please here at Down Ballot, and I had a day off yesterday because it was Memorial Day, and I'm a public servant, so took the time to throw together the docket there's actually quite a bit now of information out there about the things that are on your ballot in terms of you know video that we can share with you and candidate uh, bios and candidate information uh, because we are one week away from the election uh, the primary election so i'm looking forward to to joining you tonight for a little ballot box bingo producer dave yeah i didn't put together a bingo because uh, we could have put like we could have we could have made the best bingo card for this like safer communities um clean streets uh also like uh relationship with the community um there right. are other like there oh god we could have gone come up with so many buzzwords and we could have put together a good but that's okay no, no well, bingo call, card yeah we call it i call it bingo just one for alliteration for with ballot box obviously but then you know you're binging around you're but you're, we're binging around different races but you're right i think we should for uh the the november election we should absolutely come up with our own bingo card and do this um a couple do this uh split this up a couple times and and uh, give everyone an opportunity to win some some fabulous prizes like uh i don't know we'll, we'll send you a bumper sticker from your favorite candidate or something oh uh, no we actually have prizes for bingo your prizes you get to take a screenshot of the fact that you won and put it in our discord and oh, that's the hot. prize and you're happy with it that's hot i like that i think that should suffice to anyone really uh you know it's really all about pride when it comes down to it <laughs> speaking of pride um, it's uh one day away from pride month absolutely congratulations to all the the pride supporters out there we're, we're, we made it through another year um and we're here again in june to to get all rainbow funky i just got my invite to the san jose uh flag raising with uh, your host dev davis and pam foley councilwoman um who are definitely not uh queer um but but they're adjacent and supportive um so it should be a fun fun happy good time um so get out there and i forget when uh the parade is uh if it's is it still in, in the august? south bay it's not till like august yeah, so so get out in, in San Francisco and celebrate this month, and then we'll see you in August for SV Pride. We'd like to spread it out here, man, because uh, the, the the gay love lasts throughout the year, right? Um, <laughs> Fucking Aaron's in the chat. He's our guest later for local love. Where Aaron uh, is, uh, we're celebrating Aaron's time with Sweet Haya. Aaron had an injury and has to step away from Sweet Haya, so we're gonna oh, we're gonna celebrate his time with Sweet Haya. That's on, on uh, local love. Terrible to hear for him personally, but the the fact that he's uh, he's on the show is a blessing, um, and I, I wish him all the best. And sweet, hi, uh, they're a fabulous fabulous local band. Also, Aaron's in our chat like every motherfucking night, so it's it's good to have. He'll be he'll be a great guest because he knows what is up. Everybody, check out Local Love. We have a bunch of great uh, back episodes. Um, basically, any of the artists that you like from this that you recognize that we play over and over again, except fucking model rocket scientist who does the. Uh, the intro for this show you're going to be able to find them interviews with them live performances in the studio from them on local love so make sure you check that out we got to get to it though um what do we got yes. for leading off well i figured uh since we're generally focused on the south bay here san jose santa clara county and that's what most of our show tonight's going to be focused on i figured we lead off in san francisco because that makes the most sense right, right. um so <laughs> and also because we've been following we, we tend to follow the the derpiest uh races out there and this certainly is um at least in this in this ballot um one of the derpiest uh so as we all know chase Boudin, uh, uh district attorney or or a former public defender turned district attorney um 
in a fair and balanced election last time around um, is up for recall um, because some people don't like, you know, I don't know, progressive criminal justice reform and they, they really like the police. Um, they also don't like an, a decrease in violent crime, apparently. Yes, apparently that's also true. Um, and so, and they don't, and they like to, they like to prosecute crimes even when they're not happening, apparently. So a lot of his f- former, um, colleagues, or at least form, not colleagues, but, you know, the former district, deputy district, district's attorney, district attorneys have stepped up, um, and have, uh, endorsed a campaign that's pretty much being run by a lot of, uh, Republican right wing conservative shills, um, the same folks that have been propagating recalls across the country. This one just happens to be taking, shape and 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 uh, looking like it might have some success because of just the the moment the time and place and just the the, the factors in the race but i'm going to let um chase uh speak here We're, we may not watch this whole interview but this is him being interviewed by abc news about a recent poll that came out that said uh he's about to lose his uh, or, uh he's about to be recalled agree that something has changed in the city in the past few years absolutely no question Sitting down one-on-one with San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin, what he says about his efforts to keep his city safe in the face of critics who want to recall him. Good evening, I'm Ama Dates. And I'm Dan Ashley. Thanks for joining us. We are now less than four weeks away from that June 7th recall election. Today, this a kind of poll was released by our media partners at the San Francisco Standard, showing that the district attorney will oh, yikes. not fight yes. to keep his not job. Good. 57% of those surveyed say they plan to vote yes on the recall, while 22% plan to vote no. However, a sizable 21% say they still don't know how they'll vote. But if you can do math. <laughs> in San Francisco. And today, Boudin said that if the recall is successful, it would destabilize the DA's office. Those comments came during a one-on-one interview with ABC7 News anchor Liz Kreitz, and she is with us now with more. Liz. Hi, Dan. Yes, we had a wide-ranging conversation with the DA today, and we asked him about those bruising poll numbers. He told us he doesn't trust polls and that he definitely doesn't trust that one. In fact, he told us he's confident that he will beat the recall. So let's start by talking about the recall. We're less than a month away now. Voters are already going to the polls for early voting. What's your message to those San Francisco voters who maybe haven't made up their mind yet and they want to hear from you about what you plan to do? I have a question. Did these news organizations ever have him on before he was being recalled? Did they ever have him on to maybe inform their viewers about what his agenda is and what he's trying to do for the city of San I'm curious, Councilman. Not in this kind of in-depth way, right? Not in an eight-minute eight and or well no it's minute and a half in uh six and a half minute conversation right um broadcast on on the, the evening news no certainly not in that way uh perhaps during his initial run right there were i'm certain oh there's been a lot of hits form. about him and where we, he was talking at press conferences and shit but i well, i can't say are, that i've seen them like in any of them invite him on to have a chat Correct. Yeah, no, those are generally what you call earned media, right? Like his office is putting out press releases about things they're doing and good things that they're doing and they hopefully attract media attention, right? Whereas this is something where, oh, you're about to be recalled and the, the poll says you're in trouble. Now we're going to reach out to you for this extended interview to defend yourself. And suddenly you're, you're right. He, it's he's You're putting him instantly in a defensive position with a lot of people who haven't learned much about him to begin with, right? Um, and potentially voters. So right away, you've got this sort of sus vibe about him right because he's in a defensive position whereas if he had been able to introduce himself sooner in a substantial way maybe people would have a more nuanced opinion of him anyway. 
everything I do, my priority and my entire office is focused on making San Francisco as safe as possible. We need people to be safe and to feel safe in their homes, in their neighborhoods, and everywhere in San Francisco. And if you look at the folks who've been really paying attention to the work I've been doing and my office has been doing, going after fencing operations, selling stolen goods from auto burglaries, prosecuting drug sales, going after manufacturers of illegal ghost guns, promoting and expanding victim services. The folks who are paying attention are saying loudly and clearly, vote no on Proposition H. So let's talk about this overall feeling in San Francisco that the city's not safe, that uh, there's a rise in crime, specifically property crime, that you can't go to park your car outside of a restaurant without the glass being smashed in, that you can't go to a CVS or a Walgreens without seeing somebody walk out with bags of stolen goods. Do you agree? I like how the security guard's like, I'm going to put this on TikTok. <laughs> through the city in the past few years. Absolutely. You got to gram that shit. We're living through a global pandemic. Everything has changed. People are wearing face masks. Tourism dried up entirely. Businesses went under. People lost their jobs. Lots of folks decided to move out of a city. Of course something has changed. What's dishonest about the recall and the millions of dollars in lies and attacks that they're spreading? is that they're suggesting that all the changes in the last two years are because of my election. But there is a feeling that your office is not holding people accountable. Well, sure. I mean, there's lots of stories you hear every day. Um, but if you look at the facts, and I know as a journalist, you're working with facts, you'll see that really? my charging rate is actually higher than my predecessor or than other Bay Area district attorneys when it comes to pretty much every category of crime, domestic violence, drug sales, property crime. You'll also see that I'm taking the lead and my office is taking the lead on innovative solutions to those problems. I want to talk about one of the hallmarks of your policy platforms and that is diversion programs. So instead of sending someone to jail or prison, you send them to a mental health or a substance abuse treatment program. How can you assure voters that the people who are being granted diversion are not just going back out onto the street? and reoffending. Well, there's three really important points about diversion. The first one is it's not just my policies, it's state law. There's been a dramatic expansion in diversion programs because of the state legislature in the last several years. The second thing that's really important to remember is that in every case that's sent to diversion, it's a judge, not me or my office, that makes the final decision. And the third critical point is if people don't successfully complete diversion, if they mess up, if they get arrested again, if they don't comply, with the terms and conditions, our criminal case is still pending. We don't lose the ability to prosecute people and secure convictions. One of the prosecutors that's been speaking out in favor of the recall, she's been on the television ads that we've all been seeing, says that you created a culture where prosecutors feel pressured to give lenient plea deals. Yeah, it's just a lie. I mean, the, the reality is that there's a lot of folks in the recall who have a tremendous amount of ambition and they won't let facts get in the way of their ambition. What do you mean by ambition? Because some might argue that coming out and speaking out against your former boss could be detrimental to your career. Well, they've got millions of Republican dollars putting their face all over TV and they're trying to get their names in the shortlist to be appointed district attorney if the recall succeeds, which it's not going to do. That's what he meant by ambitious. And that's a good enough place to stop that, I think. Um, I would yeah. say so. That's a really good point. When he said ambitious, yeah, they want his job. Yes, they're coming for him like they are ambitious in coming for him. Like, what, what else do you think they meant by ambition? Like, what? What the? Come on. Yeah, the the commercials that you, you'll see them. I mean, if you're watching TV right now, you're going to see the commercials anywhere in the Bay Area, frankly. Even in the South Bay, we're seeing the commercials for the Yes on H campaign. Um, and you're seeing the folks that are going on record and, and putting their faces out there. And he's right. They're getting plenty of 
free publicity um, from big time Republican dollars that are being used to fund this campaign. Um, and it's, you know, it's regrettable, but it's, it's politics as usual. So I really hope that he's right, that the polls are wrong, but we'll find out. So there's some, uh, we're going to have a little more video here of uh, some of Chess's supporters coming to his defense. And we might hear a little bit from the detractors too. Oh man. All of his supporters just died in a plane crash. <laughs> right. <a> deadly plane <laughs> crash. Supporters of district attorney refute recall narrative in a plane crash. But first, our top story. In less than a month, San Francisco voters will decide the fate of District Attorney Chase Boudin. Like his approach to fighting crime that helped put him into office is also drawing some backlash. Good evening, I'm Sarah Donchi. And I'm Ryan Yamamoto. We begin with a recall race in San Francisco. KPI X5's Kenny Choi talked to both sides. Kenny? So, uh, Sarah and Ryan, uh, Chase Boudin's critics say that the city isn't safer because of the progressive prosecutor, but his supporters say a recent case refutes the recall narrative. Recall supporters point to criminals committing low-level acts of vandalism to violent incidents on streets as major reasons to oust Chase Boudin. They say progressive policies and diversion programs spearheaded by the DA, instead of a tough-on-crime approach, are making the city less... Wait, safe. most of the time when somebody busts out the rear window of your car, the cops don't find out who it is, right? Cops barely even come in San Jose. <laughs> so it's but, like... But, I mean, right, yeah, no, so it's not, the, it's not the, the DA's fault. Yeah, the DA, the DA has nothing to do with that. Anyway, Correct. sorry. Not holding no, them right. accountable when they violate the parole. They go out, they hurt, they kill, Richie. they they injure, they murder. This is the problem. So I'm going to hold you accountable to do your job. Sherry Baltadano has been waiting for more than seven years, praying, hoping, and believing prosecutors would put away Luis Gutierrez behind bars for stabbing her son 39 times on the streets of San Francisco's Mission District. Last month, jurors delivered guilty verdicts for first-degree murder and torture. That's what we need to do in the city, is make people accountable. And so I, I really I feel Right, but if the jury just convicted this person of first-degree murder and torture, there's not the DA's not going to be like, oh, slap on the wrist time. Even yeah, the most no, progressive... This one's actually going to say, she's actually a supporter, or supporting yeah. Chesa, I guess. Boldine had something to do with this. Baltadonna was skeptical about the judgment I mean, system after yeah. years of what seemed like a stalled case. But recall supporters say this outcome is simply not enough within the overall picture of addressing violent crime across the city. He has taken one violent criminal off the street. There are numerous that are out running loose right now, those who were released. Every voice you respect. A new ad by Team Boudin shows a slew of endorsements, including the San Francisco Democratic Party, teachers and nurses unions, ACLU of Northern California, and Sierra Club, to name a few. Zaki Shaheen is Boudin's campaign manager. When he ran in 2019, he ran on the central platform of putting public safety first, and he followed through on that campaign promise. On the other side, Safer SF without Boudin's biggest individual donor is William Oberdorf, a major player backing Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has donated mm. more than 600000 to the recall effort. They've also gotten numerous Democratic endorsements, including from the Edwin M. Lee Asia-Pacific Democratic Club. We have uh, looked at over the months, over the past year, the past 15 months, uh, who the donors are to, to both sides, who are signing the recall petitions. Overwhelming Democrats. 
And today was the first day of in-person voting at City Hall. Mail-in ballots have been sent out, and the election is on June 7th. And Kenny, no question, a lot of eyes on this election. So what are recallers saying about the ballot itself? Yeah, so Ryan, one of the things that they're concerned about on the ballot is that where it's located physically on that ballot. It's called Ballot Measure H, so it's somewhere in the middle. They're saying that it's kind of hidden, and it's hard for voters to exactly find that mm. on the ballot. All right. Thanks, Kenny. Those people are stupid. That's just, yeah, I mean, yes, that is an issue. Ballot construction is, and, and, and design is a major issue, no doubt, but it affects everyone indiscriminately, right? And it's going to affect the yes and the no people, too, because the, the no people still need people to vote on the measure, right? They need them to vote no. Um, so if they're having, if the yes, some uh, people are having trouble finding it, the no people will, too. Um, yeah, so as you can see, Richie Greenberg is way pro-recall, and a lot of people are anti-recall. Um, but Richie has been able to cobble together a great coalition because uh, there was not there was opposition to chase a election in the first place, right? He had a really contested race; it was very close. And Susie Loftus, who he beat, was a uh, uh, you know in the camp of London Breed and the political establishment in San Francisco. Um, so it's no surprise that they have an opportunity here to oust him and, and install someone of their own choosing. Um, and so they're taking it. So I, I you know, I, I, I really hope the polls are wrong. I hope that Chase is right. Um, but it, it, you know, polls are never usually not that wrong and 57 to basically 43, if you combine the no's and then don't know. Um, and that's assuming every single don't know breaks. No. Right he's still losing by 10 points and that's that's not good going in so and i've heard that and that's there have been about three polls released that is not an outlier that is similar to one of the other ones at least there's another one that's a little bit closer um but it's still him losing so um it's not not looking good right now so not for nothing people that live in other major metro areas are probably laughing at the people in san francisco that think that there's some kind of major crime outbreak <clears throat> like as far Possibly. as like giant major metro areas the Bay Area is possibly the safest one in the country. It's got to be true. I mean, especially the South Bay, but San Francisco, even for a city of its age and uh, wisdom and uh, and design, it's uh, it's amazing that there isn't more. But I think, yeah, on the whole, we're pretty chill people. So well, um, crime is not usually a big thing. The distinction that other people would draw, people in other major metro areas, would be like violent crime where we live is out of control. Y'all have basically none of it and you're doing broken windows policing and now you're trying to oust the DA because they're not right. doing the police can't do enough broken windows policing to feed the DA enough people right. to not put in jail or plead out and, for busting the back window of a car only to find out there's nothing in the backpack. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, just like somebody yep. in like a place where there, there are actual problems. Like, think about the people in Clearwater where a cult controls their city. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's like other places with like that have real problems. And, uh, you know, the Clearwater example was stupid, but there's places with m like massive violent crime. Right. And at the end of the day, what, and we've gone over this with recall before, right? With, and recently, like all Newsom, the San Francisco board, which was also successful. SF is just a weird animal right now. You know, it's, it's SF, I think generally has an attitude of throw the fucking bums out, no matter who's in charge. So if you tell us, tell someone shit's going down and we need to oust the, oust these fucking lunatics, then people are usually down for it. Um, but we've seen it a lot lately and it's been used in cases where it's generally speaking, it's a policy issue right like even in this sf board election people were concerned that oh well you're paying more attention to if you believe the narrative you're paying more attention to school name changes than to um you know policies that are going to help my kids learn good right um 
in this case, it's I don't like your position or your 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 approach to public safety, right? Well, shit, like we've said before, he was elected. We vote. You voted. You know, maybe you didn't vote for him, but he got elected. And in two more years, I think um, he's up for re-election. So, you know, find someone who you like and run them against him. Don't don't just come out and say, well, you know, I don't like what you do. So goodbye. Like, what's your solution? What's your alternative? I'm so sick of people who have problems, but don't offer solutions. Do they have a problem with how you're doing things, but they don't offer a solution or a, a different way that might be more effective, right? Just They just rant and they just, they throw uh, rocks in glass houses. So when this first came around, I was like, this smells like Peter Thiel. But anything bad that ever happens in California, I'm like, this, stink-. and I no. couldn't find Peter Thiel anywhere in this. It's not far away. I mean, this Obendorf guy is, is is certainly. I mean, he's not a tech giant, but it's certainly not far away. You know, um, just big moneyed interests who, um, you know, they have they they get caught up in an, inge- in an agenda and they get they see an opportunity to create a narrative and to to be like sort of the the champion right in this race. Like if he if if it is successful, that guy's going to get a lot of pub in that in that community and a lot of props in that community, um, and he's going to be a big big player. Um, uh, and he can be a national player, maybe outside of his little bubble in Kentucky, right, with Mitch McConnell. So um, there's an opportunity. He's also ambitious, right? <laughs> um, so there's an opportunity there, and that's that's a lot of what's driving this, which is unfortunate, but it's taking advantage in, of a fomenting dissent that is there because there's a lot of people that are going to be dragged kicking and screaming into a new way of doing things, and there's a lot of folks who voted for, who have voted at the state level for reforms right for recidive for for letting folks out right and and diversion programs um reducing sentences moving people out of state prisons right um reducing prison populations we've all voted for this but it's when it comes to our community when it comes to my backyard right that's when people start to freak the fuck out um and this is the backlash we're seeing to it so good luck chasa you know, I think I don't know if I, I don't want to speak for you, Peter, today, but I'm hoping he beats it. I don't think it looks very good right now. Yeah, and I mean, not for nothing, he kind of strikes me as the guy kind of guy who might just go back and be a public defender again if if this is. If yeah, this I have no through. no doubt that he and there's other candidates we'll hear from tonight who, uh, if they are not successful, they will have plenty of opportunities and they'll have plenty of um, job prospects to to do good. So uh, don't feel bad for any of these folks who are winning or losing. Not, it's not going to make or break their lives. So I have to All tell right. you that I'm already biased for San Jose's District One. Can you tell? Can I tell? Can you tell why I might be biased? Are you are you biased towards like the moderator in this debate? Or <laughs> uh, no, I'm biased towards the person who appears to be doing their Zoom from a very cool thing in San Jose. Right, Ramona. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the feel, sensing you, uh, the Dan Corson uh, public art piece under the 87 on Santa Clara Street. Um, yeah, we're going to hear from Ramona in a second. She is a former arts commissioner, so she is definitely leaning into that angle. Um, but first, because she doesn't have a campaign video right now, because she joined kind of late, and honestly, she's not really the type to have a fancy campaign video. Um, not that Ramona's is very fancy. I wanted to give you uh, uh, the other candidate's uh, intro from a candidate forum here so you can get a little background on her. This is uh, We're moving into San Jose politics, so we're moving down ballot. This year, San Jose is electing a new mayor. Um, because Sam Licardo has termed out. And we're also electing uh, brand new council members in three districts where they're terming out council members, one, three, and five. 
And then in District 7, there's a contested race with an incumbent. And then in District 9, there is no race because Pam Foley did not draw a, a contender, which um, is surprising, but didn't happen. Um, so she's coasting to re-election. Um, so we're going to start with District 1, and I'm going to let you roll the clip, uh, the tape on Rosemary Kamei, who's one of the candidates in District 1. So for opening statements, we'll start with Ms. Kamei. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity to share uh, tonight. Uh, hello, my name is Rosemary Kamei. I'm running for San Jose City Council in District 1. Uh, I'm running to really bring my depth and breadth of proven experience, as well as accountability and transparency to City Hall. I believe that we need to focus on a few key issues and have key performance indicators to ensure we achieve our desired results. Uh, my vision for our community is to focus on affordable housing, homelessness, public health and safety, and strengthen city services. I'm a lifelong public servant and former nonprofit community executive, an adjunct professor at San Jose State, and a small business owner. I've been very engaged in my local community, as was mentioned with my uh, trustee uh, seat. Uh, the district is really growing and changing, and I look forward to being a voice for our community to ensure it continues to thrive. Thank you. Thank you. And that was her opening statement. There you go. Um, and we can, yeah, we can move over to Ramona's video, which will sort of give you her, her pitch. But what are your thoughts on Rosemary? Mm, she seems like a bureaucrat. Um, she seems like the kind of person who would run for uh, city council in San Jose. Where is District 1? Just like what neighborhood? Thank you. I, I actually should have set the context before we got into the candidates. So District 1 is the west side of San Jose. San Jose is a very odd city because it... Um, it grew uh, uh, in, uh, and expanded as other cities were getting incorporated uh, around it, within it. So District 1 is like this panhandle of San Jose. It's only connected to San Jose through District 6, and it stretches from around like Santana Row area out west. So it borders Santa Like up Clara. to Hamilton on one side. Correct. Yeah, it, it borders on the south side. Hamilton is one of the borders with Campbell, right? So the city of Campbell, it borders the city of Sar uh, Saratoga, it borders the city of Cupertino, and it borders the city of Santa Clara. So it borders of, what is that, four different cities um, outside of San Jose. It's, <clears throat> it's definitely a very unique district. It's mostly bedrooms um, and strip malls and really great boba shops um, and some great ramen spots, too, uh, spots. But uh yeah, it's currently represented by Vice Mayor Chappie Jones, who's been there for eight years. He is a very melbatose, uh, middle-of-the-road, very nice, gentlemanly uh, council member. Um, but uh, he is terming out, and these are um, uh, pretty much the two main candidates um, up to replace him. The, the field did not really draw a very huge crowd. Um, there was one other candidate, a younger gentleman from the Planning Commission, who um, did not end up filing for the race, even though he ran for, well, was running for almost a year and, and getting out there and doing campaign stuff, but decided not to run. Um, so we're left with these two. Um, and now we're going to hear from Ramona Snyder, who's the other candidate, Ramona Arellano Snyder. She um, has emphasized her maiden name uh, for the purposes of the campaign, um, even though I knew her as Ramona Snyder when she was on the Arts Commission. So uh, this is a little bit about, basically, this is her elevator pitch. So Well, fantastic. San Jose has limited land to build new parks. In 2015, this publicly accessible park was built on the property of Sherman Oaks Elementary School. A conversation with the superintendent gave me permission to spearhead the building of a playground on almost two acres of land that the Campbell Union School District was not using. 
a collaboration with the school district, Kaboom, the San Jose Sharks Foundation, and the San Jose Parks Foundation as the fiscal agent helped make this happen after a year of planning. Donations from Whole Foods and the Sunnyvale Moose Lodge provided food to the 200 volunteers that helped build this playground in one day. Seven years later, this park is enjoyed by a neighborhood that did not have a park nearby. This is what's possible when we work together to make things happen. As your council member, I will find solutions to some of San Jose's problems. Please go to my website at RamonaSnyder.com to learn about some of the other things that I've done in the community. And don't forget to vote on June 7th. Thank you. What a lovely little lad. What did you think? She seems great. They both seem they both seem fine. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a dog in this hunt. I used to live in that district, though, before when I lived in San Jose. Yeah, I remember when I lived it, in San Jose at my last apartment, I was like counting the days until my lease was up because I was like, I do not want to live in this particular city anymore. The taxes are just ridiculous. And what it are they was, giving? It to? was not they... that. But anyway. Um, but yeah, no, as, as you pointed out, I mean, Rosemary Kamei is definitely, I mean, a, the bureaucrat in the race. She has been around uh, politics the longest. She served in a number of different offices at the water district level. She's currently at the uh, county board of education. Um, so she's, uh, she's been uh, certainly in this game for a while. She works at a, a education nonprofit um, as an executive there. Um, Ramona is certainly the grassrootsy soccer mom candidate um, as it were. Uh, and, I did love like her little flub there at the end where she said, I will find solutions to some of San Jose's problems. And there's a couple like adjectives and adverbs missing there, but um, I'm sure she meant to say some of San Jose's most pressing problems. Um, but instead, some of San Jose's problems, I'm wondering, <laughs> is she going to do anything about the other problems? That and what, are the, what are those problems? And what she's, are the some problems? She's like, listen, I can't really, I can't really uh, promise you much, but here's the, here's the problems that I'll, uh, that I'll do something about. Correct. But that's something that a wonky communications, you know, guy is going to comment on. It's not something that's going to offend uh, the average voter. In fact, the average voter would probably find it endearing. So um, uh, yet to be seen what happens here. Rosemary has uh, secured quite a bit of money um, and uh, quite a bit of support across the board, including the current council member, Vice Mayor Jones's uh, endorsement, um, many, many endorsements. So it's entirely possible that it be with so many few candidates uh, that this race ends up uh, with going uh being done in the primary we shall see but you have to get 50, more than 50 percent of the vote to win um not pictured is tim gildersleeve our old friend uh who uh you might recall the the gentleman who is very much about jesus um yes. but also about politics uh didn't couldn't find any video he hadn't appeared in any of the the forums um but he did file for the uh, for the race so um anyway uh long story short uh those are the two candidates if you live in district one you will see them on your ballot um and now we can move along to district three if that's cool with you Bruce, dave mm -hmm. i think you've already got it queued up already um so district three um there are quite a few more candidates here so we're going to hear their intros from a league of women voters uh forum the league of women voters tends to be the most uh moderate running uh middle of the road nonpartisan group out there as far as doing uh, uh forums and, and debates so um while they're a little hokey i do love them so and they do great work so district three so everyone knows is the downtown area of san jose for the most part um and it's actually pretty much shrunk to the downtown core and then sort of east downtown and north downtown um so japantown is part of it 
the downtown core, the Sofa Arts District, um, the San Jose State University, um, parts of East Santa Clara Street, Roosevelt, um, these neighborhoods. Um, so, and Nagley Park, um, which is east of San Jose State, more of a hoity-toit neighborhood. Um, so candidates in this race uh, are going to introduce themselves, and they're, they were running to replace Raul Perales, who was terming out and running for mayor. And uh, District um, 3 tends to produce a lot of... I'm sorry, District 3 tends to produce a lot of uh, uh, mayors, <laughs> but also uh, a lot of uh, folks who end up moving on to higher office. From a vibrant, vibrant, vibrant part of our city. Uh, so very important. And she means like there's brown people so there. Please, that all of you are running this evening. Sometimes noisy too. Um, so yes. now I'd like to introduce you and, um, and then we will get started. And these are our candidates for the San Jose City Council District 3. And we have, and I'm not going to do it alphabetically, um, Irene Smith. Um, and we have Omar Torres. And we have Elizabeth Chen Hale. And we have Joanna, and I wrote it down, Joanna, so I wouldn't blow it, but it's uh, Rush. Rush? Or? Wow. Like, wow. 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 <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh, there it is. Rosaline's so nice. Down, Raul. <laughs> She's a very nice lady. Anyway, I beg, beg your pardon on that. I like that and jacket. It's very sharp. Taurus, and we're so happy to have each of you. Um, and we drew a... Um, a card before we started and Omar got the call to go first introducing himself and then each of you will follow. Thank you, Omar. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. My name is Omar Torres and I started organizing in my neighborhood, the Guadalupe Washington neighborhood, uh, when a fatal shooting occurred. Uh, like many on this call, I work with our neighborhood association uh, to turn concerns into real solutions, open spaces, beautification days, traffic calming measures, after school programs, new youth centers, and libraries. I'm the only candidate with over 25 years experience organizing for cleaner uh, and safer neighborhoods. Uh, I didn't do this alone. We did it together. All right. Um, Elizabeth, may we hear from you? Thank you for having me here. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Chen Hell. I'm the true independent candidate in this race. And as such, I can be the transformative leader that San Jose requires today. I also come with a spirit of community activity and consistent with my immigrant background, I will put emphasis on education, economic development. I believe these are the two pillars which will the foundation to implement the social changes that we'll discuss later tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Joanna? I'm a working mom with three small kids who have their entire childhoods ahead of them in District 3. I want a clean, safe, and thriving San Jose for my kids and my community. I've spent the last 15 years of my career as a professional negotiator, bringing people and organizations together to solve complicated problems. I'm the only candidate with the proven skills and experience to activate our leaders and get everyone to start pulling in the same direction to achieve our shared goals. Thank you. Ivan. Hi, my name is Ivan Torres. I'm a lifelong resident of San Jose and a lifelong resident of District 3. I am an organizer and I'm a Stanford Healthcare worker. So I just want to quickly acknowledge 
what's going on with Stanford right now. I just want to express my support to all the nurses and the healthcare workers who are on strike fighting for dignity and respect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ivan. And Irene? Good evening. As I walk through our downtown, there is an unmistakable spirit of hope. Our neighbors are abundantly has hope. ready for live, live, laugh, love, councilman. For immediate change. So tonight, who's ready to break from the past and who's going to continue the status quo? With my experience as a small business owner, a housing provider, a mental health professional, and a pro tem judge, we can get this change together. Thank you, Irene. Mm -hmm. So I like the one that's a hostage negotiator. Oh, I'm sorry, a negotiator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he seems like a reasonable dude. No, no, the, the hostage negotiator <clears throat> was um, was uh, Joanna. She seems she said, "I'm a negotiator," and I'm like imagining that she's a hostage negotiator, or like like that she, you know, <laughs> I was just hoping she has like some badass negotiating job. I, you know what? I'm not enough. I'm not familiar enough with her background simply because she came into the race fairly late and I don't know a whole lot about her. I have come across her on the campaign trail. She seems like a very lovely lady. Um, so, uh, pick them in that, in that race, to be honest with you. But any, uh, but you're, you're sort of leaning her way. No, I, after just, those I mean, I just, I just like to think of, about her being in like a show like 24. Right. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I got three young kids, but hold on. I, I could be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> You have a pothole. I will be there to fill it. Um, anyway, any any other impressions out of those uh, five candidates? I think there might be like a couple other hangers on that aren't really running a serious race, but um, those are your candidates, as it were. I just think the the guy on the bottom who was talking about how he's like a community organizer, like it was kind of bad optics for him to be on like the thirtieth floor of some high rise. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if that was a live or a Zoom backdrop, but that that was probably a bad bad look for him there. Um, and Omar actually Torres, the other, the other Torres in that, uh, shot, um, he is more of a community organizing background that is, he looks familiar actually. He's been around, he has been around the campfire very many times. Um, he used to work for Councilwoman Carrasco, um, and then he ran for, or he almost, he tried to run for this seat a number of years ago when, uh, uh the last time it was open when Councilmember Perales was elected. Um, but he also has served on the. Omar has served on the local school board and he's been around local politics for a while. So I'm sure he, we might've come across him on down ballot before I'm sure. Um, but he's received all of the labor democratic party endorsements, um, simply because he's pretty much alone in that lane. Um, and then Joanna, um, even though she's new to the race has received endorsements from, uh, the mayor and sort of the business community as it were. Irene is more of a, uh, the community, uh, I want to say, I want to say activist advocate. Um, I'm trying to say it in a nice way. Um, and then uh, Elizabeth is the president of the downtown residents association. So another neighborhood activist. Um, and then Ivan um, is not really all that. I, I don't know how familiar he is with San Jose, frankly, but um, I know he ran for um, other offices, Congress or something else recently. So he seems to be someone who's angling for something. Um, so we shall see what comes out of that. But I think, um, Omar has a decent shot at making the runoff simply because he's in a lane all by himself. And then it's up to, I think, money and name ID and awareness uh, to determine the other spots. So Joanna probably has a 
slightly inside track there too uh, over the two grassroots candidates because money tends to win out in local elections simply because it's low awareness. That's why we do these shows. So you learn a little bit more and you can hopefully let your neighbors know and we can hopefully over, you know, overcome that hurdle. And, and I just hope that live, help. laugh, love, or I'm sorry, live, laugh, lose your election, please. I, I just have an <laughs> extreme bias against, I forget her name now. Is it Irene? The one in the, in the, in the top on the middle. Top. Yeah. Yes, that was Irene. Yes, she's a very interesting cat. Um, and and definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Um, even there's even she's been a, a longtime neighborhood advocate, and there's people in her own neighborhood that are not very excited about her running. <laughs> let's just say. So, to put well, it gently, I'm not in their district anyway, and like my those are like these are like just first impressions. If I saw policy policy stuff from all these people, my uh, my my position might be different. You know. Yes, absolutely. And I, uh, it's, it's not, uh, you know, we don't encourage you to take ballot box bingo as your only resource voter, um, listener, viewer, um, make sure that you are going out and doing your own research as they say. Um, and I don't mean that in a, in a pejorative way. Um, please do and learn more about these candidates. We're, we're simply trying to introduce you to the fact that they are running and that you might, if you live in these areas, especially might be voting for them. And if you don't live in the area, at least you get to uh, see what's going on in our neck of the woods. And hopefully life is not all that dissimilar to where you're at. Okay. So we're going to move on to district five. You said that the, the, the intros on this, first of all, it took them an hour and nine minutes on this to get to the intro, unless there was maybe another district before this. Correct. This is a, a wide ranging city council forum over two hours where they did, I think for, tried to do all the districts. Um, so they had them in, in and out of a zoom. And poor Jana Kata had, or Jana had to moderate all of them. So she probably got a little tired after a while. But um, this is probably the most spicy one. Um, and you'll see why. Uh, I've, I've never in my life seen a candidate forum, other than something that involved Donald Trump, um, devolve more quickly than this forum in the context of just one person speaking. So I forget if they all go through it and then he speaks, but we'll, you'll know what I mean but we're going to go through the candidate opening statements and you'll um, see how quickly this thing devolves and how, so and just watch the look on Jenna's face as it happens. Um, and we'll start with Ms. Campos. Thank you for allowing me to be here and have an opportunity to share well, my vision with the community. I'm running for San Jose City Council to put policies forward that will grow the middle class so that they can thrive here in the city of San Jose and policies that we can move forward that support the working class community in East San Jose. Policies that will make sure that they can support their families with one job. Imagine a community with affordable housing, health care, uh, transportation that connects you to your job, and public safety where you can walk out your front door and visit your neighbor or your neighboring park. That's the community I want to live in, and I hope that's the community you want to live in. And make sure that our city uh, facilities are fully staffed as well as the departments so that they can address the issues that need to be addressed when you call them. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Quintero. Hello, my name is Andres Quintero. I'm president of the Allen Rock School Board. I'm a lifelong resident, resident of East San Jose. I'm the son of immigrant parents who left Mexico to find a better life for their children here. And they made their home in, in San Jose's Barrio Salsipuedes, or in English known as Get Out If You Can. I have had the privilege to serve the people of East San Jose on the Alamark School Board since 2012. 
As a member of the Alamo School Board, we faced significant difficulties. There were significant challenges. And uh, during those times, uh, it was tough. I'm very proud to uh, have the, 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 to have placed the people of San Jose first as a priority. And it's because of that, that I count on the support of a wide array of individuals that have lent support to my candidacy, which include District Attorney Jeff Rosen, Supervisor Cindy Chavez, Supervisor Allen Berg, as well as Council Member Maya Esparza. It's a privilege for me to run to represent the com my community. I intend to bring forward common sense solutions that will address public safety, quality of life issues, as well as the housing crisis. I'll bring trusted, proven leadership that will ensure that we make East San Jose safe and secure. Thank you. Um, Mr. Ortiz? Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be with you all today. My name is Peter Ortiz, and I'm currently the president of the Santa Clara County Board of Education. I want to thank Spotlight for this opportunity to share about myself and my candidacy for city council. Uh, our campaign for San Jose City Council is rooted in economic justice for the families of East San Jose and is calling for a people first economic package that will focus on investing in public safety of local residents, allocating resources to address our broken roads and blighted neighborhoods and the activation and beautification of our major business corridors so we can build a thriving economy. I'm not a typical politician and I'm not running a typical campaign. All these issues are important to me because I have experience working in this community to address them. And I wanna work hand in hand with the residents of this district to identify solutions to the problems in our neighborhoods. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Bonilla? Okay, I watched watch Jenna's face. Good evening, everyone. My name is Rolando Bonilla. You know, for over 40 years, this community has been the epicenter of being forgotten by San Jose City Hall from the increase in crime, blight, lack of access to resources. My opponents will tell you to judge them on their record. I beg you, please judge them on their record. Because if their record was as they say that it is, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in from an increase in crime, from an increase in terms of lack of resources, and candidly, from, not, from, from a city council that does not understand that East San Jose is a part of the city as a whole. I'm not a politician. I'm the father of three children I'm raising here in this community. And I'm doing this because like many of you, we are tired of being neglected, tired of being forgotten. When you elect me to the San Jose City Council, you'll elect someone that not only has a vested interest, but actually has the skills and actually has the understanding to get things done for our community. The politics of the past are over. We must now move into the future with new direction. Thank you. And Can I stay on this for a little bit? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> HG, you're on, you're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> oh, HG. no. Rolando is so helpful. Thank you so much. Can you hear me now? Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, uh, good evening, everybody. I'm here because I'm running for District 5. I'm running for District 5 because... I want to revitalize District 5. I think the main issue that we have in District 5 is that we forgot the basis of humanity is people. We don't take care of each other. We forgot our family members. We focus on something that I think is artificial. So I'm running, I want to bring innovation to City Hall, new ways of doing business, during my first 100 days, 
as an example of innovation. I want to make sure that I can work with my constituents to convince City Hall to institute a family appreciation holiday for all of the employees working in the City Hall. And that I will, if I have more time, I will <coughs> explain more. And okay. you know, the investment oh, even- great. Thank you, Ms. Nguyen. Thank Sorry, it's kind of- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, let's get into the questions. It's uh, going to get spicy. Despite the city's push for equity and inclusion, East San Jose continues to be disproportionately affected by the most serious problems. COVID killed and infected more people here. Police officers respond to more calls in East San Jose uh, in, in their schools, and the digital divide plagues our students and widens the wealth gap. How would you ensure East San Jose gets the support and public resources it deserves? Um, let's start with Mr. Quintero. Thank you. I'm proud of the work that I've done to begin to address that. Uh, and it was tough. It was a tough, a tough situation. We, I worked uh, on the city council, the chief of staff to council member Maya Sparza, and it was uh, some serious conversations that we had to work to initiate. And so I'm proud of the work that she did, proud to have been able to support her to initiate, to initiate that conversation. With regard to the inequity that we live, I'm going to build upon the things we've already done. At LM Rock, we were able to provide a, a device for each student. We were able to provide internet connectivity. And so it's that track record that I bring forward, not just uh, a lot of talk and plans, but actions, actions that have brought forward 6.5 million meals uh, to students and to residents in general of San Jose who needed a meal right there at our LM Rock schools. And so those are the types of things partnerships, relationships that we've been able to establish at Alam Rock as a school district. I intend to amplify that and, and, and build upon that when I get onto the city council. Thank you. Mr. Ortiz. Thank you so much for this uh, question. You know, uh, the no response by any city was perfect, but to be honest, I'm proud of our county and our city's response to COVID-19. It's easy to stand on the sidelines and critique the actions of those in leadership. That's why when the pandemic struck, I made the decision to roll up my sleeves and be a part of this solution. As the only candidate that served on the joint city and county COVID-19 health and racial equity task force, I was able to have a direct hands-on involvement in District 5's recovery during the pandemic, including ensuring that vaccines and vaccination sites were allocated in a way that was accessible to East San Jose families and advocating for COVID-19 PPE resource set testing centers to be centered in District 5 hotspots. As District 5 recovers, it's essential that we prioritize developing an equity-focused plan that prioritizes our most vulnerable populations. I'm the candidate to implement that plan. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Mr. Bonilla? Yeah, you know, that's a whole lot of nothing. I think what people wanted in the, in the pandemic was solutions, dollars, immediate cash injection, immediate access to vaccine, not meetings and task force and meetings and task force. What did I do? Still on 24 hour oxygen. I raised over $200,000 to put money directly into people's pockets. I put my own dollars into that to start the fund. Nothing prevented my opponents from doing that. They're all big names, big titles, 
But you know, those titles don't mean anything if you don't actually do something with it. $200,000. And to this day, those businesses that are getting all that great information about how to access resources still do not have resources, still do not have access to capital, are still having people who are unemployed. Doors are closing. So while they're all having conversations about task forces, I was putting money into people's pockets because at the end of the day, let's get real. That's what this district needs. Someone that understands how to inject capital in order to make this district thrive. Task forces, assembly committees, that's nothing. That's a waste of time. And that's why this district is in the position that it's in today. Thank you. I'd like the opportunity to respond. Uh, sure. Let's yeah. do it. 30 seconds. So, so I want to be uh, uh, you know, clear to uh, the commissioner. I'm proud of the East San Jose Rescue Plan and the work I've done in partnership with the city. It's easy to hold press conferences. You didn't do anything, Pete. Well, sir, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, Pete. Here we go. You're, you're, no not, money. Gonna, you're not gonna bully me, money? Mr. Bonilla. How much Mr. money? Bully. Bonilla. 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 Mr. Bonilla, I'm not your ex-wife. You can't bully me. <laughs> oh, this shit. You. Oh, you this, you. Is this is you, Peter. This is you, Peter. This is you, Peter. This is you, Peter. Back it up, homie. Back it up. Trusty Bonilla. Yeah, no, I'm not your ex-wife. You're not gonna strangle Peter, okay. there it is. There it oh. is, Peter. Oh. It's got personal right. quick. Fuck yeah. Let's, let's I, to this. I don't want to participate Excuse. in it. So if you can keep order, then we'll, I'll continue. But I'm not interested in engaging in this type of. Yeah, the community wants yeah. to hear our let's, issues. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. let Thank everyone you. have the time allotted for I, them. I and mind, right? yeah, One sec. Can I, can I just please talk for a second? Thank you. She should be able to so, mute all of them, right? Um, yeah. I would imagine so. That. I know, Peter, or Mr. Ortiz, you did not get your 30 seconds. We'll do that. Um, Whoever's but, doing the tech, uh, right? We Maybe she's cannot not doing the have, tech. you know, interruptions or anything like that. And I tried to interrupt this several times and it didn't work. So um, let's do the 30 seconds again, and then we're going to move on to Ms. Newen. No, don't hand it back to him. Yeah, I, I want to be, you know, proud. I want to be clear. I'm proud of the East San Jose Rescue Plan and the and the work I've done in partnership with the city. You know, it's easy to stand on the sidelines and critique the efforts and hard work of others. It's a lot harder to work in partnership with those who are local representatives and propose solutions to the problems facing our district. The fact is, I was at the table advocating for our most vulnerable populations to receive resources and services, and I did that without any press releases. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Miss um, Nguyen. All right. That's that. We can oh, we can muted. we can move on. We can move on. Yeah, that's Miss Nguyen is not going to come in and just dunk on both of them. There's there, no, there's uh, you should definitely watch that forum. I uh, there is a little bit more, but they tend they they manage to keep their dicks in their pants for another few minutes. Um, uh, during that one, uh, but yeah, that's uh, District Five, isn't it great? I mean, can can you can you believe that District Five or the East Side of San Jose doesn't usually get you know good representation? I'm yeah. shocked. <clears throat> It seemed awfully personal. Yeah, um, a little bit, a little bit. Um, backstory, just a touch. Um, we did cover this a bit. Rolando Bonilla, um, the candidate in the middle there, um, planning commission uh, chair, planning commission vice chair. Um, and now he, a person uh, on YouTube with 10 followers. Apparently. Uh, he uh, has all, oh, right. That's right. We've got some of his, vid his video here. Um, we're going to learn a little bit more about him, but he has a background uh, in 
politics and has been around the scene as well for a long time, even ran for supervisor in San Francisco, oddly enough. Um, so he's been around Bay Area politics for a while, even worked for Nora Campos um, at one time as her consultant, um, but now is in PR um, and uh, he has been working that angle to publicize himself and to uh, for the past few years um everyone knew he was running for this seat um but uh he's also raised the most money and um has uh you know amassed a pretty sizable um you know a campaign war chest uh, that he's using now to spread the word um but he's also kind of a bully as you saw in that last um, video um peter ortiz who's another candidate in the race um actually has a, cr a criminal background um and has uh, has been involved in gang um, activity in the past and has been busted for it he has been 100 percent forthright about that and actually has used it as a talking point in terms of his lived experience helping to inform what he might do as a council member i respect that even if i don't necessarily um you know want to say where my allegiances lie in the race um but uh and then you've got also in this race Noah Campos, who's a former council member from uh many many years back um but has also served in the in the state assembly and then uh andres quintero who as you mentioned was is on the alamar school board um so you know broad spectrum is she win uh local businesswoman um not 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 too familiar with her because she, she has not been around um the scene as it were um so again Good luck to everyone on the east side, but we're going to learn a little bit, a little bit more about Rolando because mainly because he's made these fancy videos, and um, not that I'm trying to give him more pub, but it's it's always fun to watch. Like if people are going to go through the trouble to make a fancy video for a local campaign race, we we got to watch it. Let's give him a view, you know, and maybe they'll see what we watched. Candidate for San Jose City Council. Yeah, look how fancy know that East San Jose has been left behind for far too long. Yeah, we pay the most in taxes and get the least from City Hall. As your councilman, we'll fight for transparency to ensure East San Jose neighborhoods get our fair share in police services, youth programs, and housing for the homeless, including veterans and children. On June 7th, vote Rolando Bonilla for San Jose City Council. Very uplifting. Very uplifting. I like, I like that you named the, like one of them Rolando from the block. Well, that's that. Uh, I'm. I am sorry to say that is ex that's precisely their title for it, as you can see. <clears throat> oh my God! I no, do, I do not misrepresent things on this show. It's, I, I give you exactly what people say. Why is he like? Yes. Why is this like episode two of three? Like, why is this oh, an he's, episode? He's extra. Well, this uh, th there's three videos, so this is the the second of the third right, or the second we, of the three. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. There are only I two. Oh, wait, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. My dad. My dad was tough. My dad was a disciplinarian. Former military guy, uh, he came up the hard way. Uh, my dad was uh, coming up 13, 14 years old already in San Francisco, trying to figure out his life as a kid. And I mean, that, that shaped him. Uh, the Vietnam War shaped him. So at home, we had a lot of structure, a lot of firm structure. You know, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't get too far out of line with Hector uh, because uh, there, was, there were consequences to pay. But they were always, there was always the, to this, this framework of, I, I want you to have a better life than the one that I had. I've always been that, that kid from around the way. You know, they got Jenny from the block, they got Rolando from the block, right? Oh my that, God. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, that, that, that fire, that need to always do more than my circumstances allowed for me has always kind of been the driving force of who I am. You know, one of the things that for me was empowering was for the first time in my life, 
seeing that you can actually make change through local government. I come from a setting where things happen to us. Right? I come from a setting where, you know, for most of us, the only lawyer you meet is the public defender. You know, the only doctor you meet is the ER doctor. Uh, you're not exactly exposed to these professions in the most positive of light. But it wasn't until I had the mentorship of a young deputy city attorney in San Francisco that it really, really came together. She would always remind me about the power of the law in terms of changing communities. That was a tool that really gave you the space to make long-term change, both legislatively, uh, both judicially, uh, and then it was something that I needed and wanted. And you know, this, this young deputy city attorney went on to become vice president of the United States. And I will forever be grateful to her for not only taking the time with me. Oh, she's name dropping Kamala. Really Kamala. Yes, without name dropping her because she hasn't endorsed him. Such an important journey. Why would yeah, she? He, I don't know. No reason whatsoever, in fact. Um, but he's name dropping her without, you know, uh, name dropping her, implying an endorsement, right? Um, he should know that he should know that on the block they call that dry snitching. <laughs> there have been many there have been many local politicians who've done this with like a, a quote from Obama about them right like someone like they somehow got an, a press hit with Obama and they said something nice about them and they you know use that as an excuse so uh, the last thing in the anyway. world I want to watch is a video about that guy surviving COVID-19 so we're going to skip the video about him surviving yeah it's such a sad it's only it's only because I wanted to laugh um but I mean Okay, I'm all. Let me take that, draw that back a bit. Whatever I think about Mr. Bonilla, or Commissioner Bonilla, um, it is tragic and awful that he had to experience a really bad bout of COVID that had him in the hospital. Um, so, you know, uh, tough, tough thems of the brakes. Um, so I don't begrudge him for that. And I don't, I don't wish that upon anybody. It's just. You know, he's using it. I, I guess I would feel worse for him if he wasn't using it as a campaign tool, right? As he, if he wasn't obviously using it as a campaign tool and as a uh, some sort of justification or rationale or, you know, for his for his uh, his campaign. Anyway, I don't know. I don't care who wins District Five, but I do care who loses. That's my that's my take cool. at this point. <laughs> Hold on one second. Yes. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. That's exactly how you should feel. Unfortunately, that is always how I feel when I look at District 5, and it's really starting to piss me off because this is, these are folks who are absolutely... Like, Rolando, no matter... Regardless of what he, you know, his, his campaign or whatever, the underlying premise is correct. The East Side is drastically underserved. It is systemically underserved. It needs some love. It needs constant love. It needs support and reparations um, for all the shit that's been done to it. Um, that being said, like, he's not the solution. Uh, and none of these people necessarily are. Um, and it's, it's just getting to be a, a state where, um, I, I don't know who's going to step up eventually to really do something about this district, but someone needs to represent it better than it's been represented. Also, not for nothing. He like said, Oh, you know, on, in my community, the first lawyer you meet is the public defender. And then during the debate, the first thing he did was fuck talk shit on some guy for going to jail. Yes. Like, yes. No, come I, on, dude. It, it, He's, he's pretty much, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of where he's at. <laughs> he, it, it's the pot calling the kettle, right? Um, and he's, well, I don't he's know if he, I don't think he ever went to jail, but like, you can't like, 
You can't be like, oh, my neighborhood came up hard and then be like, oh, you're no good. You've been to jail. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, th- those don't work together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and, and on top of that, it Pete has, or Pete, as he called him, Peter, has uh, been completely forthright, like I said, about it and even uses it, uses it um, in his own campaign to talk about his experiences um, within the judicial system. So As well you might if you've been through it. Right. Um, so I'm not going to get into District 7 so much because they haven't actually had a lot of forums. Um, the incumbent, Maya Esparza, has been playing pretty close to the vest. And actually, I don't know if she hasn't agreed to any or if they just haven't really prioritized this race. But there are, haven't been a lot of forums I could find um, in this race. So we're going to resort to one of my favorite things, which is talking about uh, lawn sign wars. Some South Bay candidates on the ballot in the upcoming election say thieves are going after their campaign. KTVU's LaMonica Peters spoke to one of those candidates. She joins us live from San Jose City Hall with a close that can actually be costly for some of these campaigns. Costly for some of these campaigns. LaMonica. Vaughn Lay is running for District 7 in San Jose, and she says she's had hundreds of campaign signs stolen. It's going to cost her more money to replace them, but she says she's still in this race. Von Ley isn't new to politics. She says she's run for city council in San Jose before, but this time she's had more yard signs taken than ever before. I did report with San Jose Police Department. At that Dude, time, I would love to be in charge of the fucking police department's lawn enforcement division, lawn sign enforcement, like the fucking CSI lawn sign would be a, like a great TV show, I think. Right. <laughs> CSI LS. Oh, my God. I love it. Now it's more than 225, you know, sign have okay. been lost. Von Lay says her campaign volunteers get written permission to place yard signs on people's property in District 7. And if they change their minds, she'll remove the sign. She says replacing them costs from $4 to $8 per sign. And she has her own theory as to why her signs are being stolen. It's just not like they're ugly. But at least some of them is two or three times. So I feel that someone did not want my name out there and didn't want me to win this election or whatever. So that's what they did. So it's it's that I feel very frustrated about this. Von Ley is facing off against incumbent Maya Esparza and beyond Duan. San Jose District 5 candidate Rolando Bonilla also says his campaign signs are being taken. Of course, Rolando. So get the fuck. Rolando from the block can't even. Rolando from the block can't even keep his sign on the block. Get the oh, fuck not out at all. And he's, and he's got images of a truck that, uh, uh, you know, that has been stealing the signs. So he's he's got evidence. Man, Rolando, you you ain't you ain't nothing on the block if your signs can't stay there. <laughs> plate number asking people to contact san jose police if they see this brown toyota tundra he says the person driving had been seen taking his yard signs ktvu reached out to bonilla but didn't receive a response von lay says despite her yard signs being stolen she's moving forward with her campaign so what i believe is um this is maybe is a dirty politic um, but I kept say, you know, I will stay positive because I'm still knocking the door, you know, to talk with that the, actually does more than uh, any sign so. voter to talk with resident. 
Matt Mahan is running for mayor in San Jose, and he told me he also had hundreds of signs stolen. Lay says, but that guy's probably funded by Peter Thiel. Be able to have yes. to identify someone who's He's stolen of Peter signs, Thiel. but until then, oh, really? there's not much they can do to help. I'm sure. Mike? I'm right, sure. Monica Peters live tonight in San Jose. LaMonica, thank you. Yeah, Mahan comes from the, the tech bro world. He was uh, at Causes at Facebook. That was his big, one of his first uh, endeavors. Um, that didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, so lawn sign wars. Uh, this happens in every campaign, um, and usually uh, they didn't really specify where they were being stolen from. A lot of times it's like people are just taking signs because they're in the public right-of-way and they shouldn't be there in the first place, right. and you're placing these signs. Like, the, all of these candidates have been guilty of, and I've seen it, repl- you know, placing lawn signs in illegally in the public right-of-way. So you're completely within your rights as a citizen to to pick those signs up. We had a... I think it's we did technically video- litter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't we have video maybe like four, six or four or six years ago, maybe of Pierre Luigi Oliverio running around, you know, stuffing lawn signs into his trunk, right? Uh, so this happens um, and you, you roll with it. You know, um, I, I love the, you know, I love the way that local reporting happens. You know, she said, um, you know, this, Von Ley said that she's run for city council before. It's like, she said that. Did you like verify that? Yes, she has. Yes, she has run for city council before. But did you verify that reporter? Or are you just like, she says she's run for city council. I took her at her word. She says she, that <laughs> signs cost four to eight dollars, which is also true. But, you know, Von Ley says it. So it's it's freaking gospel. It's like reporter, do your research. And then you can say equivoc- unequivocally, she ran for city council before she has been down this road. And then you can even ask her the question even if you know that before the interview, you can ask her the question, like, did this happen in your last race? You know, is this, how does this compare to how it was in your last race? Did you have more signs stolen, less signs stolen? Were they more expensive, less expensive? Did, were they just as ugly or then were, were they just as useless as they were this year? Ma'am, um, ma'am, I spoke to a local podcaster off the record and what he was telling us is that your signs are just everywhere where they're not supposed to be. Right. Uh, so, so please explain <laughs> your, explain yourself um, instead of complaining to us about the signs that were stolen where they from where they should be in the first place. Anyways, that's District Seven in a nutshell. Um, that's South Central San Jose, as it were. Um, a very diverse community. It's pretty much a thirty 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 split uh, between or third one third one third one third split. Vietnamese, um, primarily Vietnamese, but API Vietnamese, um, uh, Latino, and uh, uh, honky like me. So we'll see what comes out of that race. But uh, Maya Esparza is the incumbent. She has the benefit of incumbency, um, and she's got a pretty strong race. Um, her sign looks better. Her sign looked better than the others too. Yeah, she's got very good branding. She she's taken for her office. She's taken the uh, archway at the fairgrounds, which is in the heart of District Seven, the county fairgrounds. And even though it's a county site, she has actually appropriated it into her city logo in a really nice and unique way. And I think it's really. Uh, very a tribute to good branding. I've, I've always liked her logo. So props to you, Maya Sparza, for your logo. I have no idea if you're going to, you know, have to go to a, a runoff with one of these candidates, but um, I imagine it's entirely possible. So we shall see. If I was voting based only on signs so far, my favorite candidate is actually the incumbent in uh, District 7. All righty then. Well, we will mark it up. Um, and as I said, District 9 does not have a candidate. So um, we're going to move right well, on they down do. the they, they literally have a candidate. 
That's true. Yeah, they do. I guess you. I think you do actually have to, if you're in District Nine, if you want Pampholi reelected, you have to you have to punch the ballot itself. Um, that being said, uh, as soon as Pampholi votes for Pampholi, it's over. It's over exactly. So I think we're we're good unless someone's running a, a you know uh, has filed to run a writing campaign, and then we can see what what we can do. Um, and I'm not saying it's a shame. I mean, whatever. Maybe she's pleased her district. That's great. You know, that usually means that you've done no big harm. No one's coming after you. So. And especially now, I think more people are more aware of these opportunities, too. So the fact that no one's coming after her says that she's politically strong. So that's good for her. Um, much better than Deb Davis faced in her her uh, re-election campaign, which is why she's struggling to gain traction in the mayor's race, which is why Matt Mahan has become such a big player in the mayor's race. Because, oh, Deb, Davis, because Deb Davis was not uh, in a position, did not look to be in a position to take up that mantle after her struggle to be re-elected. Um, and that's how it goes. And that's, there's a little misogyny there. Absolutely. Okay. A lot of misogyny there as well. Um, but it, uh, it would have been similar, I think, similar reaction if, if it was a man, I think it was more pronounced because it was, she is a woman and she seems quote unquote weak. Right. Um, even though we know that's not how we should look at these things. Anyway, moving on down the ballot, if that's okay with you, yeah. my friend. What's the matter B? Thank you for asking. Um, and why are we not talking about Measure A? Go look at Measure A. It's kind of silly. It's about the Water District Board and and uh, 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 term limits. Really, just look at who's so, looking the I ballot. I support term limits for the Water District Board. Well, that's the thing that it's for. Wa- it's for term limits, but it's actually designed to help entrenched incumbents in a weird way, or at least their agenda. So if you look at, just read the, I'll just say, read the ballot arguments, look at who signed the ballot arguments for and against, and make your decision based on that, right? Um, it's pretty, it, it's pretty clear who's, who's backing that. Um, but I'll, that's all I'll say about that. It's too wonky to get into. Measure B is a little wonky, but not so much. Measure B, um, we've talked about before, this is the measure that would move the mayoral election in San Jose from gubernatorial election cycles. So for example, this year, 2022 to 2024, which is the uh, presidential cycle, we would still have a mayor's election this year. They would get, whoever gets elected would have to face re-election in two years. And then they would be allowed to, if they, if they won, uh, seek even another term after that. Um, so potentially whoever was elected mayor this year could serve for 10 years, theoretically. Um, but primarily this is to move the election to a different cycle. And we'll hear what the proponents have to say about why that's important. Latino leaders coming together in San Jose for a cause. They are pushing to make sure their votes are heard. The women are rallying in support of Measure B. It will move San Jose's mayoral election to the same year as the presidential election starting in 2024. KPX5's Doe explains on how this could magnify the power of Latino voters. We are here in East San Jose at the Blanca Alvarado Community Resource Center for one of the largest concentrations of Latina power we have seen in the South Bay in quite some time. All to tell voters one message. Exercise your power, our power, by voting, specifically voting yes on Measure B. Measure B would move the San Jose mayor's election to coincide with the presidential election. Right now, it's held in off-cycle years. And by doing so, the Latina Coalition of Silicon Valley says voter turnout would increase overall by 30 percent, and Latina voter turnout would increase 150 percent. This is meeting voters where they're at, meeting working people where they're at, making sure that when we're, we're voting in November that we're capturing that voice at the local level. Otherwise, there is low engagement 
engagement and you don't get as many voices at the table. Dressed as Rosa, the Riveter, a virtual who's who of Latina's back measure B. It is a good business model to have increased representation. It's important that local city leaders who are making decisions that impact our daily lives um, represent all of our voices. We deserve good lives. Measure B is the way that we can get there. Alvarado. Oh my God, they're rolling out all the heavy hitters to this one. The godmother of East San Jose. Our obligation is to encourage, to animate, to energize the voter turnout because it's good democracy to do that. Is it your view that a presidential election and all the hoopla and drama that comes with it would overshadow the mayoral election if they were to happen in the same year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pat Waite, president of Citizens for Fiscal Responsibility. Oh, God. San Jose alternates elections for odd and even numbered districts. Turnout for half of the districts would suffer. Without the mayoral election, I think you'd see lower turnout. So you've got even fewer voters picking half the, the representatives on the council. And Waite says it would be difficult to have a meaningful public debate on local issues like homelessness and affordable housing. The mayor's race would be... Let, let us host it. We got you. In terms of its voice. Exactly. The voice of the national elections. I think we end up suffering as a city because of that. Measure B is enjoying a wide margin of support. A recent poll of likely voters shows 60% voting yes. What I know about Latinas is when we put our mind to something, we get it done. In San Jose, Kitto, KPIX5. So it looks like that's going to pass. And actually, the Citizens for Responsible Taxpayer fucking whatever guy. Citizens for Fiscal Responsibility. (laughs) He actually wasn't wrong that, like, if you put the mayor race and you start putting more stuff on the presidential election, then just less people overall are going to come out for the midterm. And I think that's actually, as a Democrat who also cares about uh, national politics, I think that's bad. So I'll I'll tell you one dirty little secret that the Measure B folks aren't going to tell you, and I certainly don't side with Citizens for Fiscal Responsibility. <laughs> right, and right. I'm not, and I'm not here advocating a no vote at the end of the day, right? I my personal opinion is this measure is it's going to pass. It's going to have absolutely no significant impact on our politics, right? What it's going to do is simply move the mayor's election from one cycle to another cycle, and yes, because you do that. Generally speaking, the presidential cycles have more voters voting in them, right? To more turnout, which is entirely driven 110% by the national election, by the presidential election, right? It's not because there's any other election on the ballot. It's really because of that national election. And the gubernatorial election is just not as sexy, right? So it doesn't draw as many voters and there's not as much attention on it either, right? Because we're not constantly every day being bombarded like we are on MSNBC or Fox or whatever with the national narratives, right? So, of course, you're going to get more people turned out to vote and you're going to get more people, especially black and brown, immigrant, low-income people who are are less likely to vote and women who are less likely to vote um, in gubernatorial years. They're going to be voting, in that election they probably will cast a ballot you know some of them will cast a ballot for mayor right will vote for mayor and yet you know it it's not going to make any significant difference in the politics simply because those people were going to vote regardless they're going to they're going to turn out to vote they're going to show up to vote regardless 
it's not going to this moving the mayor's election isn't going to really increase turnout in that election because no one cares about the mayor's race already. <laughs> and I've seen it because I've been out there actually talking to people and knocking on doors about the mayor's race. No one cares. Um, and they care more about the presidential election. So it's not going to have any significant impact. So go ahead and move it is my opinion. Whatever. I'm voting no just because I think it's stupid. Um, and I think we should we should think of other ways to increase voter engagement, make sure that we get better turnout in gubernatorial years. How can we get better turnout, period, in local elections, right? How can we get more people engaged in local elections? I don't want people just turning out and voting simply because they saw, you know, some candidates ad over and over and over and over again on TV because that candidate can afford to be on TV, right? I want voters who are engaged and then they actually know where to find information. And then, you know, and I think if they have more information, they will vote. Right. I think information leads to voting. I don't think just this is just an easy way out. It's just saying, fuck it. We can't get people to more people to turn out. So we'll just put this election in another year. And then what about the city council races that we have this year that in four more years won't have the mayor's election along with them? You know, what are we saying about are these races not as important? You know, we don't need better turnout in these races, too. So I think we need to be looking at ways we can improve voter turnout in a holistic sense, get people more engaged in our local politics. And more informed um so vote whatever you want to vote on measure b i'm voting no because it's stupid but it's not going to change anything significantly the same type of people are still going to get elected mayor the same politics are still going to apply the same special interests will still be involved um so let's think of better ways i'm going to abstain from voting because of my zip code Right. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's a San Jose City measure, so you'll only see measure B on your San Jose ballot, whereas measure A will be countywide. That's a, a water district measure. So, um, And then there are other local measures that we could go into, but you can look them up for yourself if you have a, a, something going on in your local jurisdiction. Um, we do not have time to get into that tonight. So I don't uh, like I don't like one of the things I'm seeing here. Is it Johnny Camus? Yeah, I don't like Johnny Camus. Yeah, so you won't like this very much, but um, the good news is Ligman voters, Ligman voters keep these to one minute, which is great, so we can zoom through the last few races here and not take up too much time. And um, I, again, I think this is going to be a race where we come down with, uh, we know who we're not voting for. So I'm just generally skeptical of people in like wooden rooms, but Danelle here seems lovely. I'm just on just on first, uh, just on first glance. Anyway, let's let that this is, go. This is, that is a Zoom backdrop for sure. I don't know that she has a, a, a room of, of leather lined books, uh, or leather bound books like that in her house. But yeah, let's let's check it out. So we're going to start with Johnny Camus for his this is Marianne. statement. Thank you, Johnny. Sorry. Thank you for having me. Um, um, I, as many of you know, I'm a refugee and I was born in born torn Lebanon back in 1976. My family immigrated to the United States and we settled right here in San Jose. Uh, we, we struggled at first, and uh, I had to learn uh, how to speak English. My parents got full-time jobs. We actually were successful in attaining low-income housing, so low-income housing is very important to me. Um, I, I worked at Safeway while working my way through college, getting a business degree. And uh, later on, I, I started my own company as a financial advisor and worked at doing that for 20 years. I got into politics to take my skills and make government more effective and efficient and transparent. As a council member for the city of San Jose's District 10, I've achieved many results and saved millions of dollars for taxpayers. I'm ready to use my skills at the county level so that we can tackle some of our most pressing issues with new ideas and a focus on results. Thank you, Johnny. All right, next we have Claudia. 
Thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to discuss these issues with all of you. My name is Claudia Rossi. I am the daughter of immigrant parents. Uh, my mother worked for the Los Angeles garment industry for many years uh, to help put us through school. My father was an auto mechanic. I am a mother of two college-aged children, um, the only candidate in this race that has been elected to countywide office, where I have served on the County Board of Education for eight years, uh, overseeing and for, uh, providing fiscal oversight for $280 million budgets. I am also a chronic disease management nurse, uh, and through my experience as an RN, I know the intricacies of the county system as I help my patients navigate these systems. I want to prioritize uh, initiatives that help address the housing issues, homelessness, mental health uh, in my tenure, should I be elected. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Claudia. Next, Sylvia Arenas. Good evening, I'm Sylvia Arenas, and I'm really proud to be running for supervisor as I Never thought that I would be an elected official. I consider myself a public servant. I've always been in public service. That's what I've dedicated my career to and making sure that children and families have the highest quality of life within our community. Um, that's either through working the, with the city of San Jose and community engagement or with First Five um, uh, for about 10 years or Gardner Family Health for about three years as a school board member, my focus has always been children and families and my policies that I and my priorities that I focus on today also are on children and families as I have two of my own, um, one of which was born really early in life, uh, born to three pounds. And so I, uh, we accessed early start um, and uh, I have an experience of a family that has gone through a system and has come out the other end. Um, he's only 13, so we're still <laughs> waiting, but glad to be here. Thank you, Sylvia. Hi, good evening, and thank you again for having this forum. Um, I'm uh, the first generation uh, to go to college. I have, I'm one of 30, 35 cousins, uh, native of San Jose. Oh, and um, I worked at PWC Market in the bakery, um, and then sometimes worked three to four jobs during the summer to put myself through college. I majored in political science and women's studies, and um, I'm very proud of, of my work and, and working hard to succeed and um, meet my goal sets. I am the only Republican uh, candidate and running she used for, to work for Johnny. Um, fiscal health means a great deal to me, fiscal responsibility. I have worked for four different elected officials, including Ken Yeager, a Democrat, and Pat Dando, a Republican. I am Gotta a former just threw Johnny under the bus. Center, uh, counselor working with people in times of crisis and a current case manager for Life Steps. Um, I look forward to your questions tonight and thank you in advance for your time. Thank you, Danelle. And last but not least, Rich Constantine. Say the best for last. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. My name is Rich Constantine, and I am the mayor of Morgan Hill. I've served on the city council of Morgan Hill since 2010. Um, uh, I'm a retired firefighter, 25 years with the city of San Jose. Uh, but some things you may not know about me, I'm sensing a theme here. I am also first generation. My parents are from Jamaica, and I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, when I'm not putting up metaphorical fires uh, as a council member and mayor of Morgan Hill, 
Uh, I also have volunteered. I volunteered for the American Red Cross uh, for about six years. And then I also, my girlfriend, my, my now wife and I uh, went to Haiti in uh, 2011 to serve in one of only two operating hospitals on the island after uh, the earthquake of 2010. Um, so I am also on the board of Healthier Kids Foundation. So uh, I know what it's, it is to uh, bring, raise up a family because I also have a, a six-year-old daughter who may make an appearance here or there, um, but uh, I enjoy it and I hope that I uh, will be able to answer all of your questions this evening. So thank you very much for the time. Just based on what I saw there, I like Richard and Sylvia. All right. All right. Yeah. Sylvia's uh, on brand completely. She's all about children and families. That has been her MO since she's been on the city council in San Jose. Um, she's another late entrant to the race once uh, redistricting um, carved things up and actually uh, forced Johnny Camus to move uh, if he wanted to stay in the race uh, because Almaden and his his former turf on the city council got carved out of the district. So he's he's a little screwed there electorally. Um, I still think he's in a good position to get into the runoff just because he's got the most money and he has the lane open to him uh, on the conservative side, even though Danelle obviously pitched herself as the fiscal conservative, as the Republican in the race. She also doesn't have a dollar to be able to uh, promote herself and, and let people know that she's running. Um, so she's relying on, you know, um, being the spoiler, I think, for Johnny, perhaps, um, which would be fine. That, yeah, uh, no, I like that. I liked that and, she worked for him and she was like, I ain't even I ain't going to tell nobody that I worked for this guy. Yeah, she's worked for a variety, like Ken Yeager, um, Pierluigi Oliverio, also in District 6. Um, I bet and she Pat didn't Dando. mention Pierluigi, did, did she? No, she did not. I, uh, I because wouldn't either. She, <laughs> well, she, she, I don't know if she can. I think I forget if her, I think it was settled. Yeah, no, it was settled, her sexual harassment claim oh, against Oh, yikes. Poor girl. It was settled. That came up during his run for supervisor a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, they, there's history there. She's she, Danelle has, is not also not new to the, the campfire. Um, no, so she's she, been around. She, she, no, no. Oh, no. I, yeah, she's she's been around the scene. So um, in many ways, I think that she was recruited to be a spoiler, although I don't. She's also kind of I've never really known her to be someone who could be recruited. Right. She, she's worked for some pretty idealistic, independent people. So and she's been that way herself. So and she's run for stuff before. So uh, it's not surprising to see her out there. But I I, do, I could see her personally motivated to keep Johnny from winning. I yes, I, I, I feel that. like yes, yes. I can see that. Um, and I've, right I mean, now, I've, I don't know anything about her, but I've we've delved pretty deeply into the Johnny Camus story here. And I personally right. would run if I thought I could <laughs> shave a few votes. Yes, on Johnny right, Camus. right. Just and for that's the good sort of the how world. we all. That's how we all feel, and the good wife and I have already discussed. You know, no matter who gets into the runoff with him, if that should be the case, we're going to throw our mon our 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 tri time and our treasure, shall we say, behind that person. It could be Claudia Rossi, who we're going to meet here. Um, so why don't we? Uh, find a little bit more about her and her campaign pitch. It's only 30 seconds. I am Claudia Rossi. I am a candidate for Board of Supervisors to represent the community of District 1. I am proud to have the endorsements of State Senators Dave Cortesi and Jim Bell, as well as County Supervisors Susan Allenberg and Otto Lee. I have served my community for 30 years as a registered nurse. I have also served on the Santa Clara County Board of Education. I would be honored to have your vote. Thank you. Very upbeat music. Yeah, she's, she's, like she seems good. She she's has, nice. Um, she's endorsed by some familiar names who I don't hate. So that's, that's good. 
Sylvia also Sylvia and her are sort of fighting for the same lane with labor, especially has been split. Uh, the Democratic Party was split on their endorsement there. So Rich Constantine is sort of like, unfortunately, um, the the man that time forgot in the race. So we'll see if he how well is he he's able to do. But it could come down to Sylvia or Claudia against Johnny. And shit, let's just watch Johnny's video because we're here on YouTube. Oh wait, how many? Oh, where's fourth subscriber? Oh yes. I'm Johnny Camus, and I'm running for Santa Clara County Supervisor for District 1. That's unfortunate. Oh. Accountability and transparency to all county services. I'm focused on results for the problems and issues we collectively face. And I look forward to getting your support. There you go. That's, That's his pitch. That hat is just classic. I'm loving it. <laughs> I love the, the guys walking on the chain gang, right? Or in prison with the stripes, right? Well, like, he's talking about getting classic. things done. Just classic prison look, right? Even though most most of them were orange, right? Um, anyway, let, let so the, uh, and then it, j just so we can, just because we can, a six second video from Johnny Camus. I'm Johnny Camus, and I'm focused on cutting government waste. <laughs> like, who thought that ad was a good idea? I believe him. I mean, look at all the evidence. I believe him. He said it. So, therefore, it's that's local news. You know, he there. They said, therefore, it's true. Who was like, this uh, is this is a great ad. Good job, right? <laughs> um, so many of you might have noticed we segued into county business um, without touching on the mayor's race tonight. We did cover the mayor's race a couple of weeks ago, um, and, and and did a little roundtable of uh, of intros there. So you'll get your a, research. Yeah, you'll get a podcast listeners. You'll get. Uh, I'll I'll do it later this week. I'll do the mayor's race. Uh, you'll get a, you'll you get a little bonus on the podcast feed. A little saucy producer Dave take on the mayor's Ooh, maybe race. I'll I like do, that. Maybe I'll do the mayor's race like tomorrow at like or like Thursday one at the one in the morning after I've like had five cocktails or something. Maybe I'll talk. That would be fabulous. Race. Yeah, because the, the the councilman unfortunately is far 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 too uh, conflicted on that race to to have an unbiased opinion. So um, for a variety of reasons. So we're going to move right on down this the county ballot. So these are races that you're going to see if you live in Santa Clara County. That was uh, District One Supervisor, which is South County. Gilroy, Morgan Hill, San Martin, also South San Jose, Evergreen now, um, and Santa Teresa, Blossom Valley area, but no longer Almaden or Los Gatos. So one candidate got drawn out from Los Gatos. He's going to run in another district in a few years, or a couple years, and I already think he's running for assembly right now just to, just because. Um, and then another candidate, Johnny, had to move physically. Los, Los Gatos got pushed into the district I'm in, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yes. Um, so lots of new things are happening um, after redistricting. So be aware of that. It happens every 10 years. So be ready. Be ready. Um, so we're going to move right along and we can breeze through the last couple ones here because we've also covered this race a bit. This is the Santa Clara County District Attorney race, I believe. Um, so we can get a little uh, intro to I mean, the candidates here, the three major candidates. We only really covered this in so far as we played that video where one of them may or may not have tripped the other one. <laughs> oh, I think he definitely did trip him. It was quite the question was whether it was intentional or right, not. That's right? what I mean. And, and if he was, a, and if he was Sawi, which he wasn't. Um, so we're going to, we're going to get to meet the three candidates here um, really briefly in their, their uh, League of Women Voters form. And now we're ready to begin with this is Eleanor. candidates opening statements again. I will remind you. League of Women Voters have no shortage of nice old white ladies. The question is, what specifically with Nancy scarves. you to be the Santa Clara County District Attorney? And we will begin with Jeff Rosen. Good evening. As your District Attorney, I work hard to pursue justice, promote reform, and enhance public safety. 
We've been through a lot. The VTA and Gilroy Garlic Festival mass shootings left us grieving. My office continues to help victims' families with counseling, food, and shelter. We are survivors who rise stronger. When a Stanford swimmer raped an unconscious young woman and received a light sentence, I wrote the law that guarantees the next Brock Turner will go to prison. I filed hate crime charges against robbers that violently targeted Asian women. I convicted three jail guards of murdering a mentally ill inmate. I've created centers that serve domestic violence survivors and abused children. We have reduced incarceration and crime with more mental health, drug treatment, accountability, rehabilitation, and second chances. Justice comes from a balanced and thoughtful approach. I'm proud to be endorsed by police officers, police officer associations, CORAC, criminal justice reformers, business, labor unions, the NAACP, uh, the president of that organization, crime victims groups, the people that run the South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking. Mercury News has called me the real deal, a prosecutor who values justice, a public official with good ideas, and the ability to implement them. I go to work each day determined to serve you, and I humbly ask for your vote. Good evening. Thank you very much. Our next candidate, Sajid Khan. Hi, everybody. Good evening. My name is Sajid Khan, and I'm running for Santa Clara County District Attorney. I'm the proud son of Muslim immigrants from South India who raised me and my siblings here in the South Bay. I grew up in Milpitas in San Jose. I'm a proud graduate of San Jose High School and I'm now raising my two young sons here in San Jose. For the last nearly 14 years, I've served our community as a public defender, fighting for the rights and dignity of our community's most marginalized people. I've been in our jails, I've been in our courtrooms, and I've been in our neighborhoods. And I've seen our current system perpetuate the harms of mass incarceration and police brutality inflict generational trauma on communities of color and fail to keep us collectively and sustainably safe. I've witnessed our incumbent DA pursue the death penalty, prosecute children as adults, and not hold police accountable when they kill and shoot our fellow human beings. And it's for those reasons that I'm now running for Santa Clara County District Attorney because I'm committed to healing systemic racism, fighting mass incarceration, addressing the root causes of crime, and building a true justice system that ensures and protects the dignity and safety of all people here in Santa Clara County, which is the place that I've called home my entire life. We just saw the historic nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the United States Supreme Court, our former public defender. And in the same spirit, I'm asking you all to see that I, a public defender, am uniquely qualified to meet this moment and serve our community as Santa Clara County District Attorney. Thank you. Thank you very much. And our third candidate, Daniel Chung. Thank you, Eleanor. Good evening, everybody. My name is Daniel Chung and I'm running for district attorney. It is time for change after 12 years of DA Rosen. I am a career prosecutor who is committed to prosecuting crime. I will fight for public safety, victims' rights, and systemic changes. And as DA, I will enforce laws and pursue balanced reforms. A little bit about me. I grew up in a single parent immigrant family in Milpitas. Financial aid and teaching jobs enabled me to attend Harvard and Columbia. My father served in the military and in law enforcement, 
and inspired me to pursue public service. I prosecuted gun crimes in New York City and violent crimes here in Silicon Valley. In fact, in 2020, DA Rosen awarded me the Webb Award for being one of his two best trial prosecutors. As DA, I am going to prioritize the prosecution of repeat serious and violent offenders. The revolving door for criminals that DA Rosen has helped create must stop. We must take property and violent crimes seriously. And as DA, I'm going to reform charging and prosecution practices to treat victims and defendants with fairness and dignity. I care about people and their struggles I believe in redemption and second chances. However, justice also requires accountability, and I am committed to restoring justice and uplifting people in my home community. Thank you. Thank you. I'm afraid of that last guy. Yeah, a little bit, right? Uh, our neighbors have a lawn sign for him, and he's got these single-sided lawn signs. Um, they've got two of them, so it's nice, but it's like it's the weirdest thing. I. I I don't understand why you would do that, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, interesting cat. So again, uh, this this is shaping up kind of like the um, uh, the the previous uh, or the, the San Francisco race when Chase Abodine ran. Frankly, um, although there wasn't an incumbent there, um, Rosen is certainly the incumbent, so he's got a lot of strength. But Sajid Khan has raised a lot of money and has nationalized this race successfully, um, so that he is the you know the reform. Uh, uh, you know, the BLM-ish candidate, right, if you will. Um, so we'll see what comes out of it. I, I know he's working really hard, um, but they're both, you know, running strong campaigns, from what I can tell. So uh, Daniel could be the the spoiler that, you know, puts it into a runoff between the other two. Um, or Rosen could just win out uh, in, in June. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll find out next week. Um, so really quick... Um, we can uh, we can either run through that yeah let's run through their campaign videos if we yeah, can we're gonna, so uh, we're gonna have to run through their campaign videos and then uh and call this one i think but we've, that's we've, fine we've already talked about the assessors race anyway so we can we can we can maybe close out on the the remix video that would be our our uh our readout okay so yeah let's let's see uh why these folks are running You know, we've talked a lot in the abstract about a lot, a lot of these criminal justice issues, but at, at their core, crime affects people. And that's why I'm running, because I really care about people and their struggles, right? Because this is real for them. They're victimized. They're hurt. They're mentally hurt. They're physically hurt. And they need a DA who's going to be able to uphold the law and fight for public safety, who can say rapists belong in prison. Also a DA. But who isn't going to say that? Someone who's going to own up <laughs> to his know. mistakes, right? DA Rosen is not able to own up to the integrity flaws over the last 12 years. He just needs to apologize and say he's going to fix it, right? And he's going to do better, but he can't. You, you deserve better in this county. And my lived experiences are really what's going to guide me the next several years as your next district attorney. So I invite you to join me. Right? I am someone who lost my parent when I was a child. I lost my childhood home. I've struggled with mental health. I have lost my job and career, experienced retaliation and harassment. I've gone through the gamut. 
I feel for our community, our victims, our defendants, everybody, right? And I'm gonna fight hard for everybody in this community. And that's what you need in your prosecutor. Someone who's gonna fight hard, but fight fair, and ultimately care about uplifting people. So join me as I uplift this community again. Thank you. I think that guy just running because he's mad at Jeff Rosen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's true. And uh, he was a whistleblower within the DA's office. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise that Rosen doesn't like him either. Um, so uh, that that's Daniel. Here's Saji Khan's little pitch in 30 seconds or less. I'm not a big fan of the setup for this I'm commercial. I'm Khan, and I'm running for Santa Clara County District Attorney. As a public defender, I've stood up in our courthouses, jails, and neighborhoods and witnessed the broken legal system fail to keep us safe. I'm running to change that. We'll prevent violent and property crime by investing in mental health services and alternatives to jails and prisons. We'll hold police accountable when they break the law, and we'll end the school-to-prison pipeline and ensure that all kids in Santa Clara County have the chance to thrive. So what didn't you like about that? Oh, no, it was, it was the, everything was fine. It's the setup with him. He just looked in the suit with the flag behind him. Everything else in the video was great. Even, even the slightly cheesy hip hop, you know, music to, to make him look cool and hip with the, anyway. Um, but the, the shot of him in the suit, he just looks very staid and staunch and just and stiff and not really like himself. He's much more laid back than that. So it didn't, anyway. it didn't fit with what we saw in the rest of the video where he was dressed more casually. It like, right. Of, it, but that might've been there for exactly that reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. It may make him look more official and professional. Right. Um, but he, it doesn't reflect his personality as much. And I always think the candidates should just embrace and lean into their personalities. Um, just damn the torpedoes. And they finally, here's a brought Jeff Rosen's little 42nd ad because he couldn't just do it in 30. A former Stanford swimmer convicted of three felonies after attacking an unconscious young woman. But it was his six-month sentence that provoked national outrage. We are hoping to change the law to protect the next Emily Doe against the next Brock Turner. The California State Assembly passing a bill inspired by Turner's sentence. He said, I'm going to work within the system, and I'm going to work to change the system. And that's Jeff Rosen. Your former mayor. Um, that's an okay ad, I guess. Like whatever. Yeah, the overlays are too much. Um, and his mailers are kind of the same. It looks like he designed it himself too in like white. Microsoft, Microsoft Word. Not so much too much white, just like a lot of different fonts and things and different oh, yes. styles. And there's no organization to it whatsoever. It's just sort of like this thing and that thing. And there's no connection or through line, right? It's just sort of I did all these things great you know I, I that's but that's the thing i hate the most about campaigns if and if we want to you know bring it back to sort of wrapping things up the one thing i hate the most about a lot of candidate campaigns at the local level is everyone thinks it's it's about rattling off this laundry list of things that you've done and and volunteerism and boards you sit on and uh you know community uh organizations that you've supported and you know where you've worked and where you went to school and it's all great and it's all important and it's good to see that you do those things right but it's not it's not a prerequisite it's not it doesn't qualify you any more than anyone else to do this work 
Um, what does is having a good sense of yourself and your personal narrative and what you bring to the table from your personal experiences, because why else would you personally want to run for something, right? Um, so uh, lean into your personal experiences, lean into um, what makes you you. That will make you a better candidate. It will also make you a better leader. And that's pro tip number 85621 from the councilman. <laughs> well, cool. Well, um, I'll read the show out this week. Uh, thanks everybody Thank you, for checking out Down Ballot. We do the show live usually every Tuesday from 7.30 to whenever, but we started a half an hour early this evening because we did a little bit of ballot box bingo without any bingo cards. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play locals and uh, get Chip on over here so that he can uh, host local love. Everybody tonight will be Chip's first night completely hosting local love. Like I'm going to play this song and then uh, change the color of the lights and get up and walk away. And uh, nice. Locals Battle Smoke Signal will be back next Tuesday for another down ballot. Thanks again. Don't Pete. forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. <laughs> <laughs>
we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.